Let's start with some tough love, all right? You two suck. Say my name. That's what the kids call Prissy guy with the mustache. You're listening to Inside the Gillivers, talking all things Breaking Bad, El Camino, and Better Call Saul. Brought to you by the Royal Bobbles Collection at Bobbleheads.com. For all your favorite characters from the Gillivers, shop the Royal Bobbles Collection at Bobbleheads.com. Also brought to you by Rode Microphones, the official microphone supplier of Inside the Gillivers. See their entire lineup today at Rode.com. Now, please welcome your host, Eric Broadbent. Good evening, everyone, and thank you for joining us for Season 2, Episode 21 of Inside the Gillivers, where we talk all things Breaking Bad, El Camino, and Better Call Saul. My name is Eric Broadbent, and it comes with great pleasure to welcome, kind of back to the channel, back first time to this show, you know him as Skinny Pete from both Breaking Bad and El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie, the incredibly talented actor, musician, uh, crafty man, handyman, the whole deal, Charlie Baker. Charlie, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing good, Eric. How are you doing today? Good, good. Um, you're, you're probably doing a little bit better than me. I'm drinking tonight just some Dr. Pepper. You've got something from, from some uh, fellows you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Some friends of mine gave me this. You may, you may know. You may know Aaron Paul actually gave me this bottle. I've had it for, for a couple of years now. It's almost gone. Um, it, it may be gone by the end of the night. Cheers. I got my... Got my I, I am the one who knocks glass. Perfect. Um, Cheers. Knock one back real quick. Mm-hmm. Maybe if you don't drink it all tonight, which would actually be, it'd be nice if you drank it all tonight. You'd probably enjoy that. But if you don't, save the last two shots for you and Aaron. Get together with Aaron. He gave you the bottle. And look, and you got right. some uh, Hank Schrader there as well, too. Also, yeah. Wash it down. Well, maybe not this bottle. I've had this one for as long as I've had this one. And eh, beer, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but hey. Don't leave out your friends, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, listen, it's fantastic to have you back here. And maybe what we'll do to warm up here a little bit, uh, for those that didn't see our last interview we had, uh, and those of you that are kind of fans of the Gillivers here now, we also had Charlie back when I had it. Well, I still have a show called Rock Shop Live. Uh, it kind of explores more of the music world. But we had you on, and that night when you were on the show, you brought a new family member home, and the world, your fans especially, around the world got to see that family member for, like, world exclusive. So. Right. Tell us how she's doing, who she is, and how she's doing. Well, that would be Delilah. Um, she is currently sitting next to my wife, who had been out of town for a week and just got back this morning. Oh. And so um, I don't think I could pry that dog away from her right now if I tried. <laughs> she's about 100 times as big as she was when I first brought her on. Um, and uh, she's great. She's really, really smart and really, really stubborn at the same time. So it's like, she knows what she's doing wrong, but she's like, eh, I'm gonna do it anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she's one years old. Yeah, she's just a little over one year old now. So it's been a while. That's fantastic. Um, I should have looked up to see what the actual date was when you were here. So we're probably very close, yeah. um, you know, like an anniversary almost. That's great. Well, congratulations. Yeah. And it was like literally about an hour before the show that you, right. had, you did yeah, all the finalization kind of brought her home. <laughs> It was it was a tight one, yeah. I know, yeah. and well, thank you for accommodating us as well too. That was great, yeah. and and I know I've been watching her grow through your social media, and a lot of people here in the chat will be talking about your social media. Speaking of which, oh, yeah. Um, let me see. I know there's some social media questions coming, but here's a super chat question yeah. from uh, from Lisa Love. She says, "Did you feel honored to be asked to be a part of El Camino, and did you realize how integral your part would be?" Um, absolutely. Like if I mean Vince Gilligan says, hey, I wrote something for you. Um, that is like the biggest honor I've ever had in this business, pretty, quite frankly. Um, and I, 
he hinted when he first introduced the idea to me um, that it was a pretty integral part, but it wasn't until I actually sat and read the script and he actually, they brought me to his office. Um, he wasn't there, but I went into his office and sat uh, and read the script um, in a safe, secure place where it couldn't be uh, stuff. seen. Yeah. And um, I was blown away by the fact that like they made such a, a big part of that movie uh what what he he called was um the ballad of skinny pete okay um and just that that the first act uh and it was uh, to me that was like oh how, how awesome is that um yeah it was great thanks lisa it, it really got to tell you that one it really um it really I guess, well, how can we say it? I've really made people feel differently about Skinny Pete. I mean, everyone, I think, kind of loves Skinny Pete as it was, but just like, hold a cow, what a, a heart, you know, and just like he would, he literally get, get, close off his back, you know, uh, not not for the vertically challenge or how do you want to say Sasquatch, whatever. It was hilarious. But yes. yeah, that's great. I mean, a very important part in the movie. And obviously some deleted scenes too that never made it yeah. that you had some roles in too. Yeah. Well, uh, they turned the delete, the, the biggest deleted scene that I had was they turned into the initial trailer, mm -hmm. the, uh, um, the interrogation. Um, what was deleted from the movie was me doing, was practicing that speech while playing video games as the police were rolling up to my house. Um, and I was just talking to myself, telling them, you know, this is what I'm going to say. Uh, when they come and arrest me and that that ended up getting deleted for time in the film but when they turned it around and said hey we're going to have have that become the trailer where you're actually being interrogated uh that was that was as huge as as for me as being in in the movie itself um for two reasons one because i was in the commercial for the trailer you know that was a huge part but one of the greatest things about being a character in breaking bad as far as i was concerned were some of the monologues mm -hmm. um aaron paul had like that beautiful monologue about the box that he carved um monologues are not easy and they're definitely not very like they're really not used a lot in television mm -hmm. like that kind of like just dead on monologue you know um that was my training in theater though that's i worked with a theater in fort worth called scene shop um, and our, we were, we called ourselves a bistro theater company and they're still working in Fort Worth if you happen to get a chance to see them. But, um, we would, we started going around just to like restaurants and performing scenes and monologues in these like really close environments. Um, and I really, when I saw Aaron Paul's monologue, I was like, Oh, I want to do one of those. <laughs> I want a really great monologue written by one of these just incredible writers. Cause this is like the best writing team. I'd ever seen so like to to have their <laughs> have their craft to play with and um it was yeah huge honor it's great it's great too and like you say too being featured in the trailer i mean the movie's about aaron paul you know there could have been a lot more you know jesse feature but a real honor to be blessed in that for sure yeah yeah it really was it mm -hmm. really was we have a question from a birthday person in the house, Craig Crow. Uh, and so happy birthday, Craig. I hope, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I probably am not. 
Uh, but uh, they asked, do you personally see the character of Skinny Pete more as comic relief or a tragic figure? Hmm. Oh, that's a good one, dude. Um, I think a little bit of both. I think that was that was part of what I loved about playing him was he was a little bit of the comic relief sometimes and he was, you know, a pretty tragic kind of of character Fortunato um, type that I mean it was just he he had so much so many layers available for the audience to interpret um, and I loved that because you could you people think they had a bead on skinny Pete and like could like knew what his stereotype was and then he'd be like hey you know what no I play piano <laughs> um, and I loved that and uh, and that was both beautiful and tragic at the same time you know in my opinion um, you know, like, wow he can play that but oh wow what happened to him yeah um, something broke him and changed him somewhat didn't it right right um, what went wrong in that dude's life like who hurt you dude who hurt you mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah that's yeah I think he was both um, I loved being the comedic kind of character um, and having those great little comedic moments in the show that was like a relief from the rest of like the heavy stuff that was going on and, and being able to do that. And then they took that and went, okay, now let's give this guy some heart and some depth. And, um, and in one quick little flip of the piano keys, um, changed a lot of people's opinions. That's like, that's, that's why I'm in this business. That's what I love about this business. I complete like a squirrel and off to the other side. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I picture, you know, if we were, if we were to go back and look into the backstory of Skinny Pete, I just, my personal feeling would be like his parents would be rich and because he got the classical training and everything, you know, maybe trained uh, in the conservatory or something of that nature and, and just rebelled against his parents or something happened and he just went off to that right little path. And right. that's maybe what happened yeah. and just, you know, bad choice, bad choice, bad choice. Right. 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 Well, that's the neat thing about, about shows like that is um especially with breaking bad is like people could relate it's easier it's a lot easier to relate to characters in breaking bad than it was in say and, and for dexter like it's hard to relate like very few of us actually know a serial killer yeah no good which is a good thing yeah a lot of us know somebody who's had their lives wrecked by drugs of course yeah family members everything and we all know the story that got them there. And mm-hmm. it's always in a similar, same, but different. Yeah. You know? um, and so that's, that was the cool thing about Breaking Bad was like, this was something everybody in America could relate to because we all know what it's like to be devastated by health care costs. And we all know what it's like to have a job that doesn't appreciate us and that, you know, it's way below our, our pay grade. And, you know, it's, it's, it, it goes on and on with oh, how yeah. much we could relate to, um, which I'm, is hard to relate to, like in, in Sopranos or The Wire. You know, a lot of people are, have friends who have been in prison, mm-hmm. but like a lot of people don't really haven't actually been there too. You know, um, so it, it, all of the things that you can relate to in a show, um, Breaking Bad hat. Well, how many, how many of us right now, and uh, you and I included, plus everybody in the chat, how many, how many of us know a shady lawyer, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, completely. I mean, I, I know we have a lot of lawyers in our small town, and I think probably there's maybe, I don't think there's an honest lawyer among them. I don't know if there is really such uh, thing as an honest lawyer, is there? And be careful, my wife is an attorney. Oh, there you go, there you go. So I'm going to backpedal a little bit now as we, as we back up. 
<laughs> I, I had to lose all of my good attorney jokes. Oh no, that's oh man. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, she's she is the exception to the rule, though. You know. There you um, go. It's, uh, you know, it was, uh, what was the difference between an attorney and a catfish? Okay. One of them is a bottom scumming, bottom feeding scum feeder, a, a, a bottom feeding scum sucker. Okay. And the other one's a fish. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, that would have been good jokes around the dinner table with, uh, you know, Chuck McGill and Jimmy. That's a good one. I should have <laughs> right? had the sound effects handy. That's good. Here is, uh, so yeah, it's relatable for sure. That's why it's so, and yeah. that's why I think this, you know, I don't mean to go off on a complete tangent, but the Simpsons, I watched them. I kind of gave up on the Simpsons after like 300 seasons, whatever, but, um, I loved them and everyone could relate yeah. to dysfunctional family, a dad that's, you know, right. just crazy. Right. So it was, it was pretty good. Right. Yeah. Uh, a question from Zoko Santos. So we kind of touched base on this about the scene being deleted and becoming part of the trailer. But uh, he's asking, was it intentional to remove the scene if you've been questioned by the DA in El Camino and then put in the trailer? Um, so obviously come down to an editing decision and maybe the scene yeah. wasn't maybe the scene that was would tell the story, but certainly important enough to maybe even as a teaser or a clickbaity kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. The intention was to have it in the movie. And then when they edited the movie, they went, Oh, this, this kind of takes out of the tension of Aaron trying to get away from these cops. You know, it takes, it's, you know, focuses more on skinny Pete's deal ordeal than, than Jesse's current situation of trying to hide from these cops that are currently coming to his house. And, you know, it's either a three hour movie or we cut out some of the, some of the things we like. Mm -hmm. um, and that's one thing you learn in this business. Like, um, and they, the editors will say it sometimes you have to kill your babies. Like you have to like the things you love the most, like that was a great scene. It was an awesome moment. It was a really cool moment, but it didn't help. Mm -hmm. um, it didn't help tell the story right at the time. So they luckily they took that and went, Hey, how can we, how can we still use that? Um, and I don't really know the thought process. It, it was almost oh, almost a year after we filmed the movie that they came ahead. Hey, you want to um, shoot this this commercial and this trailer for it? And here's the script. And went, wow, yeah, absolutely. Um, and it wasn't intentional um, to necessarily take it out of the movie and put it on as a trailer. It just kind of really worked out well that way. Mm -hmm evolved well I, yeah. I know firsthand what you're saying because just a couple episodes back we had chris mccaleb on the show uh one of the award-winning editors on better call saul right. and he was telling me about one scene where i mean he's a major fan of dave porter's music as you would be yeah, too in two, both, both production i got it right here check it out right yeah speaking yeah. of which i want i'm thinking about taking the vinyl out of that and sticking it in a, in a package and sending it down to you i'd love to get you to sign that for me oh man oh. <laughs> great yeah i have one i have one of those myself that's my office but yeah I, I love it i can't stop playing it it's a nice it's yeah. a nice collection but obviously uh, we're all a big fan of dave porter's music but chris was saying there's one particular scene and I, I apologize i forget what scene it was but um it was in better call Saul, of course and the, he didn't want music in it he like uh, chris didn't want the music in it and he i guess they they insisted on having the music in because the scene was just so good and it's nothing to take away from dave porter it's just the scene he thought in his mind would be better without music. And then they, the music was added and it, it did make the scene. And right. so it goes to show you how everyone is a, is a team effort. Like some of the things yeah. you might have, like it's good to have an open mind and listen to everyone's you know yeah. suggestions, but it is a team that puts it all together. Right. Right. That's the beauty of, of filmmaking and television is it's a collaborative art. Mm -hmm. You have, you have a hundred different artists 
all working together to put create one art piece mm -hmm. um and that's like it's amazing to see and if you're really if they're doing it right and you can see this um like any team that i've worked with 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 vince um on breaking bad and el camino and i'm sure better call saul because it's a lot of the same team mm -hmm. um to see them all just get to be artists but like they know what they are all on the same like wavelength and it's um it's just amazing to watch and uh um and to be a part of and it's like um because it isn't you you can't give just one person all of the credit for, no. for all of this as much as as much as you would like like vince like he created all this this was all his idea and he did coalesce this idea and and the visuals and like how it was going to be presented and then he hired the best people he could to execute that that's right and then they all each perform their jobs impeccably um in a way that makes just beautiful beautiful stuff um and it's like watching a moving canvas it know, is <laughs> well, well even even people like brian and and aaron you know like the you know the the two main focal focal characters in the show even i'm sure they would say i'm certainly not going to put words in their mouths but they are you know they might be a large spoke on the wheel but there is that wheel you know, yeah. it takes start, it takes some spokes out of that thing, and I think it starts going out of alignment, and it starts going like a right. Walmart shopping cart, right? Then it just right. it just tanks. So right. it's as good as the entire team. Nothing is as good as everyone together. Right. Yeah. Right. Good, great production. I mean, everything, and plus, I mean, Vince hires and works with the the best people. The, you know, like uh, a major supporter of women, and, and not, not only in the writers' room. I mean, some of the best episodes are written yeah. by women. He's a great, yeah. a great guy. Great guy. Um, here's a question from Mike Fallout, uh, says, can you share any backstory on the filming of the laser pen scene in Felina at Elliot and Gretchen's home? That was fantastic. Trained assassins. Yes. Um, the funniest thing about that, uh, that finale was so hush hush that our scripts came like a CIA document. It was like just redacted, redacted. And the skinny Pete says redacted, 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 redacted. Um, and so uh, we, I, I don't know what Matt knew, um, Badger, Matt Jones. Yeah. I, the only thing I knew was when we get into the car, into Walter White's Volvo, and we hand him these two laser pins, and he hands us money, and we have that dialogue. We we're told make sure you still like you flash your laser pins at the at the camera while you're handing them to him but we didn't know anything else about why we had laser pins when we got into the car neither of us were actually the people shining those laser pins on gretchen and elliot okay um, that was one of i think the art department um on a ladder <laughs> holding it very very still for yeah. a very very long like you have to prop your hand and hold, yeah right yeah um and uh because in order to keep that thing still from a very long distance, I think they actually had to like put it just like Clamp set it. it still and yeah. leave it alone kind of thing. Um, but uh, yeah, though holding the laser pins and pointing it at the actors was was totally off off camera. Um, some other great person got to do that job. We were just told, "Hey, hand hand these pins to him, say your dialogue, and leave." 
And like good little actors, that's what I did. I just, <laughs> I, I don't have no idea what this is for, but, Here you, you know, go. Um, and I, so I was really like, it felt kind of shady and all, but you know, yeah. um, uh, there it was. And so it wasn't until we actually saw the scene. And when I saw the laser pointers point at them, before you even saw us in the car, but when I saw the laser pointers point at them, I went, Oh, that's us. That's why we're here. <laughs> that's why we're here. Ooh, that's why we were in the car. Um, and like, I was as much of a fan as any of the big hardcore fans from the day the show started. I watched um, every minute of it and I wouldn't read the scripts if I could avoid reading spoilers. I wouldn't read it so I could watch it as it happened. Nice. Um, and that one I got to see with. I don't know, 5,000 people in a big, huge at the at the premiere. Hollywood Forever Cemetery premiere that Aaron, Aaron Paul had uh, hosted. And um, I guess um, and I mean, that was like the roar of the crowd when Skinny Pete and Badger came jumping into Walter White's car at that point was like the biggest moment of the movie at that up up to the episode up until that point um and oh that was great i loved loved seeing that but i had no idea that i was the one who was point what we were doing with those laser pointers well, we just we were talking about this on the show a couple of episodes back again too and and i i forget who it was but they were saying how you know our the theater of the mind and how our mind wants to remember things, and I would assume too that it might be a stand-in or something. I mean, because you're not seen on camera, so neither one of you, so it's just someone shining the light. But isn't it amazing how while well that's written, the placement, the editing, editing, um, yeah. pacing, we think back, we thought we pictured, maybe we did see you guys. That's right. our mind thinks that, right? Right, right. And that's well, yeah, that's, that's good, good writing. Right. It's like an Alfred Alfred Hitchcock thing. Everyone swears that they saw yeah. her being stabbed. They saw the knife like entering her body yeah. um, in, in that scene. Um, but no, no, they, they actually didn't. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's that's, again, the beauty of of film. <laughs> I agreed. We have a super chat from Lisa Love saying paying it forward to help support the channel. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Lisa. That's very, Thanks very nice. Again. Here's a question from one of our friends and members, Kathy Latta. She says, uh, my wife is a fan of The Blacklist. What was Gray's relationship with Raymond uh, Reddington? And I haven't seen The Blacklist at all, another Dave Porter project. Uh, so I don't know anything about it other than I know you were in it. I don't, well, in the beginning of the show, the idea was that I was going to be his his right-hand man, um, his like most trusted friend. Um, and... Um, my impression because we like we don't really always talk about the exact history of a character mm -hmm. um and some like i said with skinny pete sometimes suddenly it changes on you um my impression was that maybe they had served uh that my character and um uh, uh raymond reddington had had served in the military or in some type of of mercenary military type mercenary mm -hmm. service together um, and that I was like is a trusted, a very trusted companion friend um, who could, uh, um, who he knew would you know do what he wanted. Um, spoiler alert: My character ended up um, betraying him later on, and so he he killed me, uh, killed <laughs> Gray. Yeah. But um, but yeah, they he was a very trusted. 
friend. And I, like I said, I think they served at some point together in a, some type of military capacity. Okay. Uh, how I was trying to play it anyway. <laughs> I saw, I, I was getting in the, in the zone today and watching a bunch of things on you again, just so I like to do that on show day. And well, last night actually, and uh, in your demo reel, I saw that. I won't say too much, but there's a plastic bag. And, you, and then that was kind of, uh, you know, we're packing a lunch. We'll say that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're pretty fun. But do you think I'd like that show? Should I watch it? Well, you're in it. I guess I should, right? It's it's not bad. I okay. mean, it's coming to a close. Um, so, like, if you want to binge something, it would be something to binge because it's got a few seasons. Um, if you like, uh, you know, FBI crime kind of stuff, um, it would be. It is kind of fun. It has. Um, it's definitely uh, a spectacle kind of show. Okay. Like they they like their their helicopters and explosions. And, <laughs> um, He's he, he yeah it's a it's a fantastic show it's a good show it's a fun show yeah I'll I'll check it. how many seasons are roughly right now how many is there oh I've I've lost count quite okay. frankly um honey do you know how many seasons Blacklist is on huh like ten maybe oh that many wow like okay so yeah my wife's like no, no not that many okay so. I'm wrong. Six, I got, seven, I, okay. I got uh, some catching up to do then. That's for sure. I'll look into yeah. it for sure. There's no problem with that. I'll, I'll, I'll love to do that. We're going to jump over in a second and do some audio questions. Yeah. But before we do that, there's, I have two of them tonight I sent in from our members and friends. Uh, and for those of you who want to send in questions for our guests for future episodes, just hit that join button down below and you get other perks with this as well too. Um, so Tom, I was talking to you about this off the air, but I didn't tell you what the answer is. So then in fairness, uh, Charlie does not know the answer to this question. There is a clue in front of him somewhere. Um, so I won't say what that is. He might be looking at a clue. I don't know. But Tom Schnell has come up with this thing that, you know, we take off into this Gilliverse, this imaginary black hole or universe out there that contains everything that Vince Gilligan created. And when we get there, there's a bit of a smell. And it smells like this and this. It's a two word it's a two part thing. So I'm gonna ask you, what do you think it smells like in the Gilliverse? Uh well to me it always it always smelled like um cotton candy flavored rock candy. Okay, that was a good one. Incorrect. But um I love it. Oh oh there's there there's a correct not not just what to me. Okay. No, well um, it's a to you, but I mean you might get the right answer. You never know, right? Okay. And there is um, a there is a clue in front of you somewhere. <laughs> Uh, is it bacon? Is is bacon? <laughs> one more thing ding, from ding, Hector. Ding. Yes. Ding ding ding. Okay, so you got you got okay. one right. So axe spray was not the axe nope. spray was not the correct answer either. Damn. But the, okay. the rock candy that was a good answer. That's that's cool. I like that. Well, the tr the right answer is bacon and fear. Like right now, bacon kind of like I, I smell some. I don't. I'm, I'm not. I don't. I'm not scared of anything right now. But I there's, there's a fear smell in this room right now. It's, it's horrid. <laughs> right on. Right. So so skinny, skinny Pete never never had any fearful moments really on this show. So um, that was not Skinny Pete's experience, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Okay, so there Cotton you go. Candy and axe spray. Yep. Richard <laughs> O'Brien in the chat saying fear and bacon. We got it for sure. And next week on the show, I was telling I was telling Charlie off the air. We've got JV Blanc on the show. Uh, who yeah. plays uh, Barry Goodman, Dr. Barry Goodman on Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad. And he's well known as, uh, for his voice acting, a legend out there as well, too. So I, we're going to propose a question to him next week. And you guys can all think about this as well, too, because I'm still trying to find the right answers. What does it sound like in the Gilliverse? So I'll start thinking about that one. I've got a couple answers I'm going to officially coin as the right answers. It's my show, my answers. So we'll we'll come up with that. Cheers. You having another one there? 
a half a one. All right, I got a little bit of Dr. Pepper left, so cheers to you. Cheers. Cheers. Mm. Lukewarm Dr. Pepper. Okay, so now we're going to go over to the audio questions. I think the first one I have here is from Karina, and here is Karina's question. Hi, Charles. Welcome back. This is Karina. You've said you have a deep connection to music and see it as a soundtrack to life, which I can totally relate to. I think certain songs can transport you back to a certain moment in time and bring about vivid memories. You and I are both avid Beatles fans. What is your favorite Beatles song and favorite Beatles album? Wow. Ooh. Um, uh, that's, a, that's a good... Yes, very much so. I, I, I do uh, agree with everything you said. That is, I, music is um, Russian. There, there's a Russian proverb, music, without life, music would be meaningless. Well, without music, life would be meaningless. That mezcal's really good. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, my favorite one of, ooh, that's hard to, it depends on what my mood is at the time when you ask me um, what my favorite Beatles song is. Um, Across the Universe has been, is one that I've, I've been playing a lot just to kind of keep my own <laughs> Zen going. Um, I love that tune. Uh, so yeah, I'm going I'm to stick with that one for right now. Okay. Oh, While My Guitar Gently Weeps. Um, I, I have to jump to that one. That's actually really my favorite, While My Guitar Gently Weeps. Um, Beautiful. And I love covers of that song. Um, so many good ones. So many. So many good Prince, covers. Of Prince that is, I saw Prince with Tom Petty. You know, both gone. Yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, amazing. Geez. Jeff Healy um, here in Canada. My favorite album from the Beatles, I think, would be the Apple album, the White Album, um, just because of the eclectic nature of it. And, you know, happiness is a warm gun and, you know, things like that. <laughs> so. I, do you listen on vinyl? Are you a, you a streaming guy? or? I, I haven't listened to vinyl in a long time. I um, I mostly listen to my phone. Um, somewhere in... Oof, Somewhere a long time ago, when I was in college, I had to ride, I had to drive to, to school. I had a really long drive to school in the morning, and I would turn on the radio so that I could wake up to listen to music. And these radio morning jocks would just, like DJs, would just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. And I was like, I'm done, I'm done with this. So I just, at that point, I would only listen to CDs. And through most of, like, my early 20s um i only listened to like led zeppelin and pink floyd and and like just the albums that i had i refused to listen to the radio because i was so angry at djs just blah 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 shooting off their stupid ass opinions all the time yeah um and so i kind of lost track of like contemporary music yeah like um i had no idea what was playing um and so then i like uh and I, that's kind of where I've been stuck. <laughs> I'll be honest. I swear I just kind of stuck. Um, not too long ago, I started doing one of the like Pandora and letting it like introduce me to some new stuff. That's and nice. Finding some some newer music. Um, but I'm like, yeah, I don't have like a style, like a genre that I like. I it's very eclectic. That's good. So, that's good. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. But like most people, have no idea. Like. Who are you talking about when you're talking about? Um, and that's fine with me because music's like, like um, Caroline said, um, you know, music is, is like the soundtrack of life. And I just like the songs that, that really have deep personal connection to me are, are the songs that I listen to. And it's, it doesn't matter what the band is. That's right. Um, 
Yeah, that's that's Karina. Yeah, but I Karina, I, I get sorry. that. Thank and you. That's okay. And and if fans could, should look at some of the songs that have been in all of the shows, Breaking Bad, El Camino, and Better Call Saul too. I mean, obviously a lot of it is original compositions. Uh, you know, uh, but look at. Look at, uh, I mean, in-house, I should say, but other stuff is featured stuff from their, you know, music supervisors yeah. and, there's and just what you could be introduced to. Yeah. A lot of my stuff, a lot of my, the stuff on my phone is from Breaking Bad, um, from that soundtrack. I'd hear a song on the show and go, oh, what, what is that song? And I would find it. Um, and a little, yeah, I have a lot of really favorite songs that I found from TV shows. Um, and of course, a lot of those TV shows were shows um, that Dave Porter was involved in. <laughs> Crazy. Um, you know, um, and so, yeah. Uh, he's he's brilliant. No, it's okay. It's, it's okay. Brilliant. I mean, just music, right? Yeah, Dave's, yeah. Dave's coming back soon, probably within a couple of weeks. Cause it was six weeks ago, or six weeks. Some, it was supposed to be six weeks, so probably about two more weeks. He was on right around the same time as you were. We had a few yeah. of you guys and girls on the show before we decided to do this Gilliverse thing. And then, uh, so we're going to get a few of them back. It's nice to have you right back on. and have Dave back. Yeah. Um, a question from Renata Rodriguez says, as an actor invitee to the American Academy in New York, I'm curious how your military parents reacted to your decision to go into acting. Um, my dad almost beat me to death. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, my mom, I think she encouraged me to do the artistic stuff because of how much it pissed off my dad. And my dad would encourage me to do the, you know, the mm -hmm. sports and the jock stuff um, because of how much it would um, <laughs> aggrieve my mother. Um, so, I, you know, I came kind of, a, a jack of all trades uh kind of at that point but no he me being at my mom just always like oh you're not you're never going to be good enough you're never good looking enough you're not tall enough you can never make it you'll never be able to support yourself as an actor what are you going to do for real um my dad had a, i had a presidential uh, appointment to west point um which um <laughs> probably not easy to yeah, get right not easy to get and it was because he's uh he's he was a high-ranking military diplomat um like he, he worked with the united nations and in, in the middle east for a long time um and was the one who uh uh he dismantled the berlin brigade and, wow. um, the berlin wall went down he was commander of of the berlin brigade and uh in charge of dismantling the entire um operation and uh part of his retirement ceremony was the Berlin wall coming down with Pink Floyd playing at his retirement center. I wasn't invited because <laughs> uh, I get it. Um, but um, so yeah, he, he almost beat me to death. Um, almost broke my back. Uh, he beat me so bad when I said, no, I wasn't going to go to West Point. Uh, I wanted to be an entertainer. Um, a year before he died he he had finally kind of like went you know i guess i was wrong um and that was that was a neat he didn't really say that but like in his <laughs> own way right <laughs> yeah in his in his own way um he uh he said you know i don't i i didn't i asked him for advice and he said obviously you know better than i do wow <laughs> i was like Wow. Oh, okay. Um, but he was a fan of Breaking Bad, and he would often want to talk about Walter White's 
character oh, in really? the show. Um, so uh, that helped kind of uh, bring us uh, back together because he had disowned me for most of my life up oh, until. I'm sorry um, to hear that. Up until I started, I met my wife and started turning my own life around and stopped mm-hmm. being what everyone told me I was going to be and decided to be what I was going to be instead and um, what I wanted to be. And once I started doing, like following my own path, um, everything fell into place. Uh, Good so, for you. Well, that's, yeah. that's a great piece of advice right there. If that's the biggest, one thing we can say as a takeaway tonight, there's so many people that tell you what you're not going to be. You're going to be a bum. You're going to be just like your last generation. It's going to carry on, blah, blah, blah. You know, if you have a passion for something, you know, it's nice to have uh, a safety net, like you have a great education. You know, I'm not certainly not uh, you know, encouraging people to just jump out of school. Uh, I'm doing the opposite, but it's nice to have a safety net. But if you have your, take a chance, man, take a chance on a dream and follow it. Yeah. Yeah. And good for you. Thank you. Yeah. And I don't, I don't, I assume you don't regret not going for one minute, right? No, no. I, I, I had, when I was 10, I met this uh, native American artist named Quanta. Um, she was a friend of my mother's and my mom was an artist when I, I guess before I was born or when I was a little baby. Um, but this 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 lady, this artist, asked me what I was going to do, and I, I I told her, well, my dad wants me to be in the army, so I'll probably join the army. And she said, don't do that. You have an artist's soul. You need to be an artist. Um, and like I didn't know her. She I'd never met her, but it was like she had this. She she was an artist in New Mexico and had this beautiful like museum kind of house or like all of her art was all over the place and like i was in awe of her and it was like a spiritual like connection kind of thing where she's like no you're you're you need to be an artist the military will kill your spirit yeah and i i believed her and i like because i didn't like the military life i've been on military bases my entire life and move 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 right probably a lot every year of my life and my parents were divorced so and my mom was crazy so i moved at least twice a year because my oh. dad would be stationed to a new place and my mom would be moved would get evicted from where she lives and have to go run off somewhere else um so there was always like i, I was a, a nomadic nomad yeah. <laughs> and uh i just i didn't like it when i when i met my wife and we we settled into a house the first time i ever lived in a house longer than a year um was when I lived with my wife. We lived in a house for like eight years and I almost cried. <laughs> I did cry. I cried like baby when I had to leave it because I'd never seen that kind of stability in my life. That's, that's um, great. So yeah, I'm all, I'm all in with uh, my choices at this point. Like um, I was telling some, like I, a bunch of crap, pretty crappy childhood, but like for the last 22 years, I've been living in the happily ever after part. Nice. Um, so like if you were to say hey what you know what kind of exciting adventures do you do now like for nothing right now my my greatest adventure is sitting on my porch watching hummingbirds yeah you know um because i've had the fun and the not fun and the drama and the all of that stuff and right now i'm just like all i want to do is just sit and not move and go to another country and <laughs> yeah, well, all think, of that stuff. I think the pandemic you know? has taught us a lot about that as well too. Appreciate the little yeah. things, right? And I watched so again yeah. talking about your social media, everything from the flowers and you know the plants that you're growing around the house and doing really. I can tell that they bring you great comfort, even butterflies and caterpillars yeah. and stuff. You know, 
Dude, most of this pandemic, I've just been watching monarch butterflies in my backyard um, form chrysalis. Uh, you know, the caterpillars just crawling. I've hand <laughs> carried them by hand from one plant to another and then watched them turn into butterflies. And then they flew right up and landed in my hand. Um, like, I'd rather, much rather do that than go to any Oscar party or um, <laughs> anything sure. else that I could be doing uh, right now. Um, and it's been it's been amazing and it's i'd uh when i was in college for the short time that i was in college i wrote a paper about the healing of nature mm -hmm. um, and how um how nature is how you treat your environment is, is a reflection of how you feel about yourself and if if you want to feel better about yourself start taking better care of your environment and 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 that that will reflect on you oh yeah and you'll start like hey i feel good about myself because i'm not a trashing my just your surroundings i like, know throwing plastic out the window yeah. you know that kind of stuff and yeah, yeah i get it um we'll jump over a question from Lori for a second yeah. and and actually before we go to that too just because this is i, I want to remember this as well too because i'll forget and after it's too late so i know in the grand scheme of things you know your dad you know your dad kind of said in the way he was proud in his own way or kind of said you were right but I'd, I'd feel completely horrible if I didn't mention my son here tonight. He just graduated from grade nine, Eric Jr. Ooh. People know him as Rod Bent in the chat. He might not be in the chat here tonight. But graduated uh, grade nine, uh, grades fantastic. You know, he did all the homeschooling, of, uh, you know, virtual. And his marks were better than they ever were. were. So, wow. you know, congrats to all the kids out there that have had to do yeah. school a little differently. And, uh, you know, and some people, you know, sadly don't even have, can afford an internet or have internet to do the homeschooling and things like that. So I don't know how you do it, but if you do it and you get your grades and you graduate, just congrats to all of you. Congrats to my yeah. son, Eric Jr. And to everyone yeah. out there as well. Uh, we're going to jump, we're going to jump over to Lori's question here. Audio question. We're going to come back to a super chat question from Richard O'Brien. So here's an audio question from Lori. Hi there, Charlie. This is Lori. Before I ask my question, I'd like to say that I think you're an incredibly talented actor and musician. I've enjoyed your work in several projects, but I have to tell you that I think you absolutely knocked it out of the park in El Camino. You made me laugh. You made me want to cry. You made me think how lucky we'd be in real life to have a friend with the heart as big as Skinny's. Your family posts on social media are really heartwarming as well. The question that I have is, have you had any kind contact with any of the members of stargazer since you left the group thanks so much <laughs> wow <laughs> like it's right out of left field um uh, i've had one facebook post from uh i think um one of the guitarists uh from stargazer uh since since the the show has come up um <laughs> it's hilarious stargazer, uh, stargazer was <laughs> Is the the alternative rock band that I was hired to be a singer for, and it was the first time I'd actually like, I I rode a motorcycle with an acoustic guitar strapped to my back. Oh jeez! And to audition for the, this band, and I was in my twenties, and these kids were sixteen, seventeen years old. You're but the old guy. I was the old dude, um, and they, but they were incredible musicians. Like our drummer was like the state jazz trap champion. Like he could play like you wouldn't believe. And um, we had an electric, we had a lead guitarist who was just like he made Smashing Pumpkins guitarist seem like kind of wimpy. Um, like so, they were really good musicians, and they said, "Hey, I went and auditioned as a singer." 
um, which is a huge part of my music, like my music story. Was I, I didn't want to be an instrumentalist. I taught myself how to play piano and guitar so that I could have someone accompany me until I found a band that would play. Right. I just wanted to stand and sing. Cause like, um, and so I, I, I sang for this band and uh, we did all right. I, um, I tried writing one of the songs and I, I was really trying hard to be Jim Morrison and I wasn't <laughs> Jim Morrison at all. Um, but we did a cover of uh, People Are Strange. Oh, cool. That, that we started like as identical as we could to the original. And then we turned it into this hardcore heavy metal um, screaming, uh, you know, just thrasher moment. Um, and that was our probably our most popular song that we did for the short time after we played a, a club in Dallas called Trees. Uh, they got so excited about the fact that we played at Trees that um, they just like, we don't have to practice anymore. And I was like, yeah, yeah but, but we do. Like, no, no, we can just jam. Like, uh, but we should get some more songs. And, um, and it just kind of like they all just we just kind of like faded out but it was them they're the ones who kind of prompted me to become an actor because they uh they, they were talking like uh he can sing but he didn't really have that much of a like stage personality and um so i started taking more acting more seriously so i could try and be a little bit better personal wise on on stage but then I just ramble like this. <laughs> well, that's great. That was that's great though. I mean, I know how much music is important to you, and yeah. and the guitar. I mean, obviously, we're talking two guitars here right now. We're gonna have to do a show sometime back on Rock Shop Live. We're gonna do nothing, no Breaking <laughs> Bad, no nothing. Let's just talk some guitar, and piano. That'd be fantastic. That'd be fun. Yeah. Well, as we're getting close to the end of the show here, we still got about ten minutes. Um, a question, a couple questions. One is a super chat from Richard O'Brien says. Uh, what is Charlie's favorite episode of Breaking Bad? Uh, and th- let's pause on that for a second. You gotta have this is a pretty proud moment too. Like also being featured in the trailer of El Camino, one of the non uh, you know main cast is in every season of Breaking Bad. You're one of about three people that were. Uh, congratulations okay. on that alone. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, you Badger and or no you Gomez and who is it Badger? I guess it would be. Yeah. 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 There you go. There's the three. Uh, so Richard says, so what's Charlie's favorite episode of breaking bad? And what is skinny Pete's favorite star Trek episode? And, uh, I guess there's a third part of that. And what is his favorite call of duty zombies map? Boy. Oh boy. Oh God. <laughs> okay. You got me on that last one. Okay. Um, I, I, I don't know the information on that one. Okay. I, I did play call of duty, but not enough to have any of that memorized. Um, so my favorite scene, um, I'm trying to remember the name of it. It was really the my my second episode. I think it was episode four in season one. And it was the reason it's my favorite, it was because the scene started with skinny Pete or skinny stoner sitting in a car with Jesse. And he asked me, Are you hey, you sure you're tight with these guys? And skinny stoner says, Yo, two like two two nuts in a ball sack or two balls in a nut sack. Yeah. Um, and then we go up to the door of Tuco's building and skinny stoner says, yo, man, I'm skinny Pete. And then the next line that I have says skinny Pete and not skinny stoner. Oh, 
And like, I was hired to be a day player for my first episode and I wasn't supposed to come back. I had like three or four lines and then I was go find another job, dude. Yeah. Um, and luckily I didn't find another job because they called me back and went, Hey, can you come back and do another episode? And that, that episode is the reason why I had to join the screen actors guild, which in my training in Texas, which is a non-union uh, right to work state, I was taught don't join the Screen Actors Guild until they tell you you have to. Okay. Because then it becomes kind of a badge of honor because that means that you're working and the, the only reason you have to join is so that you can continue working. Whereas a lot of actors will just try and join the union. Um, to say they're there. With, to say that they're a member without having any any credit to back it up okay and in texas in a right to work state like texas having being in the union isn't always a, a help if you don't have a career to back it up um because it's hard to get the union the few union jobs that come into town there's more non-union work so one being told to join the union was a big deal for me and then getting um, a character name made me feel like, Hey, maybe they might bring me back again. Like I'm not just skinny stoner. Now you got, you got a name I'm skinny Pete. Yeah. Um, and that was huge for me. So, um, that episode, um, is, is probably my favorite episode. Skinny Pete's favorite Star Trek, uh, episode is the one, um, in which they did, uh, the a, it was a Shakespeare remake okay. um, where um, Taming of the Shrew. Okay, it was there, and I don't remember the name name of the because like every almost every TV show has had at point a Taming of the Shrew episode, and it was the the Star Trek Taming of the Shrew episode. She was green. I remember that. Okay, um, <laughs> but that was his one because it's like. Um, that was Skinny Pete's favorite uh, Star Trek episode would be Taming the True. And as far as the Call of Duty map, I just follow Badger around and shoot what he tells me to shoot. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good answer. That's a good answer. Thank you. Yeah. I'd have to say my favorite Star Trek, I don't know the name of it, but when, uh, when Kirk and, and Spock were fighting, right? And then they reenacted that in yeah. Cable Guy. Oh, was <laughs> and I do that all the time. You know, when we see our cats fighting, whatever, I'm doing, you know, I love it. I love it. VZ right uh, right McCoy says, uh, saying this of my better half, Sandra, says, next rock shop, can Eric play the intro of Better Call Saul or at least enough that won't hit you guys with copyright and stuff? Sure, I'll work on that for you for sure. Good, good request. Uh, here's a question from Robin Salazar. So before Breaking Bad, there was an episode of In Plain Sight, also filmed in Albuquerque. Uh, how was it to film with Mark Wahlberg? And that Donnie. I think it was Donnie. It was Donnie Wahlberg. Uh, okay. That was Donnie. Um, that was pretty amazing. He's like, he's an incredible actor if you weren't, uh, like, besides his, his music stuff. Like, man, I was impressed by his, his abilities and by his, his talent and his professionalism. Um, but he was fun. He was cool. Uh, we were kind of nemesis in that, in that episode. So we weren't, we weren't, didn't try to get too friendly and it was a really late night shoot. Um, but I was in awe really of him because, um, I don't think people, I didn't, I didn't really expect him to be as, as, um, as professional of an actor as he was, and even though I'd seen him, um, in, uh, that Stephen King, uh, that was, he did a, a, a Stephen King film. Um, it just, it just blew me away. Um, and I can't remember the name of it right now, but, uh, 
That's how I am. Um, that is some good. Hey, hey, dos hombres. If you want to forget something, try this stuff. <laughs> That's yeah, Aaron and Brian's slogan. That's perfect. Lines. Free on me, guys. That's right. No problem. Forget about your lines. Forget about where you work, where you left your car. Yeah, dude, where's my car? I, hey, who are you? Oh, that's my wife. Sorry. <laughs> I, I walked back. I got to bring up something you said on social media, and this isn't a bad thing. It's funny as heck, but it's way back before um, you know, when you're getting your first vaccination shot. So you got the first vaccination yeah. shot and, and, you know, more power to everybody for getting that as well. I hope that's the only way we're going to get better, I think, out of all this. We haven't got ours here in Canada yet, our family, but we're trying to. But you said, and I'm going to quote this after what I wrote down. You said, uh, just after getting your first shot, it said it made you uh, got part one of the vaccine and the only side effects I've noticed so far a slight case of the giggles, dry mouth, and an acute, uh, what is it, an acute case of the munchies and a strong desire to listen to Dark Side of the Moon. And myself, thinking of this in retrospect, thinking back, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't that sound like a Tuesday for Skinny Pete? That's, that's, that was pretty much a Tuesday for Skinny Pete, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I don't, I, may, I, I don't know if he listened to Dark Side of the Moon um, oh, or if he was he, really into, into uh, I mean, he was a lot younger than I am. So um, I don't know if he was really into the good music yet. Uh, um, but yeah, that's pretty much a, that's Tuesday for kind of what I was implying. Yeah, I get it. I, I kind of got that. Yeah. Speaking of Dark Side of the Moon, Eric Jr. here, he just bought that on vinyl the other day too. Loving that. Ooh. I mean, to have a kid experience that for the first time and on vinyl, it's pretty damn cool. No kidding. Um, Karina mentioned something about, uh, your first concert at six or seven years old, seeing Elvis, uh, on his Aloha yeah. tour and what uh, you remember from it. Nothing. Nothing. I, I, like, <laughs> yeah. I have like, like, like dream kind of flashback kind of, of, of a, a really big guy in a silver shiny kind of suit. Um, and people screaming as like, my brothers were 10 years older than me and they had tickets and the only way they were allowed to go is if they took me. Um, and I was, you know, six, five, six years oh, old. Oh boy, bringing little um, brother. Watching Elvis Presley uh, uh, do his Aloha tour. Um, okay. And that, that, yeah, that, that's amazing that you know that, Karina. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was, I don't remember anything about it except it's more of like, I've been told that that was where I was. And then every now, anytime I see shots of, of him performing at the Loja tour, it's like, that's like deja vu. Yeah. But I was so young that it didn't really like hit me of what was, what was happening. Right. Well, you know, that is cool, whether even if you like the experience or not, or even if you don't remember a lot of it, like Elvis, you know, getting to be there for Woodstock, seeing Jimi Hendrix, or maybe Jim Morrison, as you said earlier, you know, some of us are old enough that we can't, like not myself yet, I'm close to that, we're very close, I'm 53 this year. But, um, you know, fall into those things where we get to see all those different people. And yeah. it's like watching, you know, the man walk on the moon the first time. And it's that significant in, in its own way. You know, like yeah. Elvis, love Elvis, hate him. I mean, it's pretty damn great. Yeah, that's kind of how I felt about it. Um, yeah. I used to watch it you know, growing up in Hawaii, uh, watching, you know, all the Hawaiian made um, the movies that he made there um, was just very nostalgic for me. Uh, and so, um it was really cool. It's really cool to be able to say, yeah, I'm yeah. the youngest person I know who's been to an Elvis concert. Um, but I have been to an Elvis concert. That's damn cool. I grew up listening yeah. to Elvis, whether I wanted to or not, because my mom just loved him, you know, right. and, and Sandra loves him too as well, too. So I don't think I could ever get sick of Elvis. If you come on the radio, I'm not going to change the station. It's sacrilegious, yeah. actually. You shouldn't. You, just, you shouldn't <laughs> do it. No. I, th- no, I think no something reason. will happen to you. 
just before we wrap up here, this, we're going to just kind of hypothesize and spitball here a little bit. And maybe right. you've been asked this question before. I'm sure you have. But, you know, El Camino was a nice, you know, little bow tied up with, you know, Jesse Pinkman and kind of a nice happy ending in a way. Um, what do you think? What do you, what do you think went back to normal? I mean, like obviously the cops are surrounding Skinny Pete's place, you know, low Jack and all that good stuff. Uh, the chances of him keeping at El Camino were probably slim. But what do you think was life like for Skinny and Badger uh, after that? I like to think that once once Skinny got out of the whatever jail situation he was in in that interrogation, um, I'm hoping that just they went like gave him a slap on the wrists. Yeah, um, and sent them back home, and that maybe they decided to get their, their their stuff together, you know, and like maybe they went and worked at a kiosk at the mall, you know, and like selling, you know, sunglasses or nail cell phones or, or yeah, they're cell phones burners, like just trying to better themselves, yeah, to where they're doing something. Um, eventually like, you know, consulting for PlayStation as, as gamers, yeah, you know, just kind of work their way into that where they're just, they're getting paid to sit around and, and play video games and talk shit to each other. That would, that would be a nice, a nice ending for yeah, them. Yeah. Nice life. Do you think some of those, video, some of those video games that you're talking about in those nice cozy chairs or anything like that, you think some of that came from those laser pointing dollars? Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's, um, that's like we had, that we had those chairs, those really nice, oh, those Star Trek chairs that we had in El Camino, man. I was like, man, are you you're gonna gift us those after the show, right? And they're like, no. You can get that beanie. You can get that hat. You're not getting no Star Trek chair, right? Right. Damn. But then again, the Star Trek chairs didn't have the significance of the the beanie either. Of the beanie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah. And we then with the cash that we gave uh, Jesse. Um, before we sent him away, it was what we had left after buying the game, the, the game set system and chairs, you know, we just hadn't gotten any more weed yet or something. Yeah. So. yeah I can't see Skinny and Badger investing in, you know, like, a, you know, day trading and um, cryptocurrency, which wouldn't even be around yet. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe, maybe they jumped onto that game stock bandwagon. You, you never know, know right? Uh-huh. You, yeah. Then you never know. Yeah, for sure. And for those of you that haven't seen our uh, last interview with Charlie, go take a look at that. It's on the channel here as well, too. It's linked in the one of our playlists as well, too. I think it's under the Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad discussions or something of that nature. But the playlist is down below. Have a look at that for sure. And all, I do encourage everyone to check out your social media as well, too. Uh, Sandra and our moderators and everybody have been posting links uh, tonight through in the chat. And we also have in the description. So follow Charlie on social media and see some of the life he's seeing. It's nice to take a breath and, and watch some of the things around you in your backyard, uh, you know, for sure. But do you, do you think we'll see the timelines are about to hit like, you know, head on like a, a Mack truck? Do you think that we might see any hint of, or, you know, I mean, I know you, if there's anything that you do know, you can't say, but I mean, do you, yeah. would it be nice to see Skinny and Badger somehow just, I don't want to say a cameo because cameos suck, you know, yeah. in a way, but wouldn't it be neat if they could be involved somehow in, in season six? Yeah, I wouldn't, I would, I would love, honestly, I've been pitching to the entire staff at Better Call Saul. Hey, bring me on. I want to play with you guys. Um, I, I I would love to go on as Skinny Pete. Um, it hasn't happened, so I'm not divulging any information. There is no no information to divulge. There you go. Um, so that we got that clear. Yes, I yes, would yes. Love to if they if they if they asked, I'd be there in a heartbeat. Um, even if it was for a cameo, I guess. Um, but uh, 
Well, you never know. That, I mean, I yeah. think they're only up to episode know. seven so far out of 13. Tom, Tom's uh, out there in Albuquerque right now yeah. uh, shooting episode seven. Uh, so six more to go. Just knock, right. knock on wood, right? Sitting there here. Yeah. Fingers crossed, man. Um, That'd be oh, great. Sorry. <laughs> I knocked on wood and oh. my dog's like, what? Oh no, someone's here, someone's here. Well, listen, I was just going to say thank you again to another super chat from Lisa Love. She says, for Eric Jr.'s graduation and the move, good luck, you guys. Thank you for letting me be a part of this wonderful group. We love the Gilliverse family, all of you uh, guys and girls here in the chat and that watch every week. It's been, uh, as I was telling Charlie off off the air here, this is uh, like as much as, uh, you know, the fans say they love doing this thing. I love doing this as well, too. Getting to talk to people like Charlie, who has become a friend, and just meeting all these cool people from around the world. And it's nice to just let stresses go for the week and talk to everybody that loves, you know, Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul and El Camino and, you know, X-Files and everything else that Vince Gilligan's been part of. You know, there's so many good things. It's awesome. It's great to have you back again. And uh, I hope you and the wife have a fantastic weekend. I'm sure you will. And uh, give Delilah a hug for, for us here. As well, too. Come here. Oh, we'll get to see her. She's That'd like, be great. That'd be great. Do you think she'll come over? No, she's yeah, going to stay with mom. Is she coming? Come on. Come here, sweetheart. Yes. Oh, no. She's like, I'm <sighs> just going to dip down. See if we can. She's, Delilah. She's there she is. There she is. Yeah, hi, Delilah. Wow. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. She was just this little puppy. Yes. That was yes. amazing. Absolutely there amazing. There we go. There we go. That's oh. my sweet girl. Yes, Hello, sweet. Delilah. I know she can't hear. <laughs> hear us anyways. Like, I'm getting attention. That's enough. Yep. I'm getting attention. Aw. <laughs> All right. That's great. You can go back to your mom. Yeah, she missed her for sure. Well, listen, I'm going to I'm gonna say goodbye to you off the air, so don't go away. Everyone, thank yeah. you so very, very much. I have a list. I have to do this list because I am horrible at remembering things. Uh, I almost forgot to even send you the Zoom link, and then uh, that's how bad I am with my memory. But uh, a, big th- a big thank you to yourself and your wife, actually, too, for, you know, uh, giving us some of this time. Uh, you know, especially with her just getting back from what you said. A big thank you to my better half, Sandra Lee, who's our executive producer here. Uh, helps us tremendously with the show. It just kicks my butt to keep doing these things. Our show sponsors, Warren and Rachel at bobbleheads.com. Uh, check those uh, guys and girls out for everything. Better Call Saul and maybe some other things. And I'd also like to thank our channel members, our Patreon supporters, our channel moderators, YouTube subscribers, Super Chatters, PayPal donators, and people that buy our merch at the Broadstash Boutique. Check that out. Next Friday night, same time, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, we're featuring a J.B. Blanc, who I mentioned earlier, Dr. Barry Goodman of Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. He's from Apex Legends. Apex, bitch. All right. And uh, all that good stuff and a million other things. Richard O'Brien, Super Chat. Thank you. Thanks for everything he says. And if for those of you want to follow us on Instagram or Facebook, it's Inside the Gillivers. Hit us up. Say hi. Uh, all that good stuff. And we'll look forward to seeing you then. But have a safe and fun weekend. I'm going to try to do the same as well here, too. And we'll look forward to seeing you next Friday right here. And until then, cheers. Thanks again for tuning in to Inside the Gilliverse with Eric Broadbent. Be sure to check back each week for more great discussions and interviews with cast and crew from Breaking Bad, El Camino, and Better Call Saul.